Welcome to Power Start Your Day with Dame Nicola Smith-Jackson, helping everyday people to build their empire and win at life, money, and business. And now, here's your lifestyle money and business coach, Dame Nicola. Today is Dame Nicola Smith Jackson. We're going to reawaken your spirit this morning, resuscitate your passion, renew your mind so you can recommit to the plan that God has for you. And let me tell you something, he wants you to win in life, money, and business. And I want to say, Eureka, I think I got it. We're talking about how to bulletproof your brain and train it to be rich. And I like have some real big downloads and I'm so excited to share this with you on today. And so um, we have been talking about this all week, and I have been praying to God just to say, Lord, I just need to know the connection or the disconnection so that we could be a solution to our own problems. Isn't that what he created us for? And so I want you to go to our scripture today, which is out of the book of Philippians. I need you to know something. Philippians 4 and 8 um, is our scripture, and it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Don't you think that making more money is worthy of praise? Don't you think that having more than enough and going into overflow and abundance is worthy to be praised. And if you do, just join me in prayer. Father God, we come before you. We honor you today because today is the day you've made. We're glad, we're joyous, we're here in the land of the living. Another Financial Freedom Friday. And Lord, as we are coming to you, making our petitions made known, let our hearts and our minds be open to your perfect will. We know that your perfect will will always be pure and noble. We know your perfect will will always be for us to grow and for us to advance and for us to prosper. So as we are asking for your Holy Spirit, for his help to help us to bulletproof our brain so that we can literally train it to be rich and walk in that each and every day. We thank you and we honor you. And we want to seal this prayer with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, my mercy. I am just feeling so good on today because you know, I know that we've been talking about how to train your brain to be rich, and we've given you some, some tips. And if you haven't, go back. You can go to NicoleSmithJackson.com and listen to replays or wherever you listen to your podcast. And by the way, if you're not going to Apple Podcasts and listen to Power Start Your Day, I need you to do that. And leave us a five-star review if we've helped you, if we've helped you in any sort of way um, to break through the barriers of what you believe might be challenging you. And so, I want to ask you this question here on today because there's a lot of things going on in news. And um, it's like jacking up our head. And I don't know if you, you remember Arthur Fletcher, founder of United 
Negro College Fund. He says, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And I believe that our minds have been hijacked by the media. And, um, you know, when you start thinking about that, you got to ask yourself the question, like, if we're having challenges as a people, all of us, this is not, even if you have more money than someone else, you still have challenges. And so the moment we begin to understand that when one of us have a challenge, all of us have a challenge, and many people would be happier, even poor people and rich people. And I truly believe that. And so we're going to close this wealth gap with, with conversation and knowledge, and maybe we just got to think differently. I had uh, some very clear distinctions that were just out of my, I mean, it's out of sight. And I want you to think about this, right? Um, in the news, in the news, did you, did you hear like all this stuff, right? It's telling us, um, you know, we, we, we heard, you know, the whole thing about GameStop, all about money. People are like, oh, you're greedy. Oh, you're, you know, oh, you're mean. Oh, you're whatever. People feel they're being locked out, limited, right? And, and so I'm like, okay, then now we hear, okay, Jeff Bezos is, is, is out, you know, he's not really out. Let's think about it for real. Like he's a multi, multi-billionaire and does it really matter? Um, is that going to change because he's not heading Amazon anymore? I don't know if that was really big news for you, but um, not so much for me. Uh, not so much. Yeah, I do have stock in Amazon, things like that, but not so much. I, I am more of a um, let me try to control some things I can. And so even when we start to think about how we are perceiving our situations right now um, from a financial standpoint, and we keep being over inundated, even from the media, I don't think that they all mean bad or what have you, but they're giving you the idea that the way for you to relieve your financial stresses and woes is with a stimulus check. And a stimulus check that we, they already know that you're going to go back and put it back into uh, more consumerism and things like that. So what, what if we were to just think a little bit differently? What if we were not to think just linear about money, like it's just, you know, income outgo? What if we were to think like round? Like what if we, what if we were to think about stimulating our brain, our brain to create more money versus thinking there's not enough of it? What do you think would happen? What do you think would happen if we were to take more time because the news and all these things is telling us exactly how to think. You've been trained how to think, and I'm going to go further with this, and you're going to say, I got it too. And, and this is the thing. We now have um, these money blocks, and, and this was some real game-changing statistics that the median debt load for an American from ages 35 to 44 is $91,300, and the net worth is $436,200. So I need you to go and you need to go and take a look at how much debt do I have? When was the last time that you actually took a look at your net worth? I don't want you, just like when I tell you about budgeting, I don't want you to focus about the number. I need you to just know the number. And then now we're going to create ways to change the number exactly the way you want it, right? And so now that's the median debt load. So that means that like, okay, if, if a person is, um, you know, at, um, you know, let's say 300, 400,000 in debt, and then the median was right here at 90,000 and whoever's behind. So there's a lot of people who have way more debt and way less net worth. Would you agree with that? Okay, so that's huge. But the average number was even larger. The average number is, is saying that, you know, uh, the debt load is over 90,000, and then the average net worth is 748. 
$1,800. So I need you to kind of say, okay, do I have $748,000 that I can just go liquidate somewhere? How many of how many of us in America have that? I mean, I know I did, but I'm going to show you how I did it. Coming from an overworked hairstylist, and I'm going to share. And I said, how did I do it? Why was I not thinking and listening to the teachers? I was a little hard-headed. I actually ended up getting in trouble before it. I even ended up in alternative school. And, and, this, and it just blew me away because we were in Clubhouse last night. And I was listening to some educators, and they were talking about alternative learning. And my mind automatically went to when I uh, did something, I had a, a big old fight or whatever, and they put me out. No, they were talking about homeschool. And I'm like, oh, I do that too. I do that too, right? Alternative thinking outside of what the media and the world has trained us to think. And, and, and this has helped me, believe it or not. I used to get whooping for it when I was a kid. But it's helped me as an adult. And so if you are, like, stressed out about your finances, if you avoid looking at your finances, if you're a person that um, you kind of idolize and, 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 and make people who have money deity or the devil, either one, you have a money block. And so when you talk about what money blocks are, money blocks are simply um, limiting beliefs. I need you to underline this word belief because it's even a big part of the curriculum of Pink Millionaire Club. But I understand why God gave me that. I'm not that smart. I'm way smarter with him, though. And the beliefs, the limited beliefs would lead us to believe that there's not enough money for us. It can't come down our street or whatever. I used to think like that. Well, not really, because I was like a go-getter. I was that person that I would find a way when everyone said there was no way. And you have been that person, too. Maybe not with money, but with something. There are some things that no one is an adult that haven't overcome some things that they didn't know they were going to get out. And we would say, oh, it was God. But what about us talking about it was the God in us? What about us talking about it was the God in us? We we started acting in the likeness of his image. And and I'm going to tell you something. The world is going to tell you don't think like that. We're going to talk about this, this thing where they talk about this left brain versus right brain, and, and they'll tell people that, you know, uh, you're either left brain or right brain. Now, how does that make any kind of sense? You're either left brain or you're right brain. Every brain has a left and a right unless somebody cut it out. So do you think that God made a mistake, or do you think that the scientists just don't know what God meant by having both the left and the right side of the brain? And I'm going to tell you something. When you start hearing about these left-brainers, uh, so-called, right, left-brainers, people who lean more into um, their deductive state, they analyze, they go off of logic and facts and, and, and sequencing and math, money, numbers, math, language, they got to be right, right? That's considered the left-brainers. And, and these are the, uh, many of them you'll find. Scientists that will say, I don't even believe in God. Like, uh, and then nowadays they've been like, Justin God has been like, you can dig up everything and now you're going to find out and say, oh, we came to a, a infinite intelligence. We came to a, a place where it's, you know, it, there is another intelligence out there. It's always been out there before you got there. And he granted you. Is this not good news? So you can stop searching that part, and let's look at the idea of the right brain, which is this is your creativity, your intuition, your feelings, your imagination, your daydreaming, and all this stuff, right? The things, the arts. And what people think is that people who earn a lot of money are not creative, artistic, 
intuitive or what have you. And I found totally the opposite. I was in a clubhouse last night with um, one of my billionaire mentors, and he literally began to teach. He called it bedtime stories for entrepreneurs. And they began to teach in every lesson. He taught it in a story. Now, when I got my money block just torn down, it was through going through a program, Money and You, where I began to now have to go into pretty much my right brain. Either I was remembering how did I get the money block, whether I was remembering great times in my life and anchoring it to what I wanted, whether it was um, identifying my vision and whether it was meditating, getting in the quiet place. Doesn't that sound like the right brain? A lot of wealthy people do this every single day. And let me tell you something, the wealthiest people who are paid the most money to create solutions, that's why we're not going to talk about money blocks, we're going to talk about how you're going to get rid of them. Solutions to people's problems become the wealthiest. Aren't those creatives? Even if they know how to count, even if they know how to analyze, no. It's our relationship with money, the way that we have been learned about it through math and the way that we were taught that you were seeing this red mark on your paper, it's wrong. You don't know how to count. You don't know how to do algebra. You don't know how to do... So you're seeing these red marks, subconsciously you are, and then now you think that you don't understand anything about money because, you know, it just doesn't... It's not logical uh, to you. You can't deduct how do I go into things that leverage and compounding and you think you got to go like way into Mars like Elon Musk or something. Um, No. I got to simplify it and I got to start telling, I got to clarify the truth. I know the truth because I'm that overworked hairstylist that discovered the truth. And the way that I came out of the ruts was identifying that you have both a left and a right brain. And even though you may have challenges, even though what have you, you are creative. But we were trained through school not to be creative, just to rehearse answers. And so when we're taught now to go think, and we call it personal development, to where you're now inspired through the thoughts of others, leaning you to believe you don't have your own thoughts, and you do. And I want you to understand that the beliefs, the left brain, why wouldn't you hear some people say, I'm not sure about God or whatever, because they're like, I got to see it before I believe it. And then now the right brain, we talk about the spiritual, it's like, no, I believe it until I see it. I believe it until I see it. So why are people having these big money blocks? Because they don't believe that that money is attached to their name. And so they're working, and when they only see a paycheck, that's the only thing they see, so they limit it there. And it's called like your financial thermostat. But I'm going to tell you this right here. When you begin to understand that faith, when you begin to understand that faith is what you can't see but you believe, and you start believing that money is honorable, money is just, money is pure, money is lovely, money is commendable by God, money is is transferred based off of you, transferred excellence, you will begin to crush money blocks. And I am going to tell you this one thing as we move on. When you have clarity around what you want, where you want to go with your finances, you got to take a look at them to identify where you want to go. 
you identify your money story and you say, yes, okay, mom and pop didn't have it. Grandpa didn't have it. We came out the project. We, we had to boil water. That was me. We had to boil water to take baths in the winter, you know. And then now you begin to understand, I know I can meditate and I can start looking at where I want to be. The imagination, that thing that has been suppressed because you've gone through nightmares, that meditation, and we can rewire our brain to start replacing those thoughts. And then now we can start acting as if. That's called faith. Acting as if. So if you now could get organized and immerse yourself into financial literacy and things that gives you a great feeling about money, forgive yourself for the past mistakes. And this last one I added is fall in love with the way you earn money. Now, if you are in love with the way you earn money, even if you have a job, it's imperative for you to have a multi- another stream of income that you can be passionate about. Why? Because when you're in passion, you're doing more than you're thinking. And you'll do before you think. Much like what I do here at Power Start Your Day. Because I'm so passionate about people being set free financially and everything. I don't need to keep being reminded to go read about how can that happen. I don't need to keep being reminded about to go out there and share what I have with the world. And when you now can start to say, even if I have a job now, I'm going to make sure that I am doing something that taps into that right brain, and then the left brain is going to follow. Do you know that anything that comes into your mind that speaks up against this, we want to pull it down right now in the name of Jesus, that speaks against what I'm telling you because I know it's true. Any way that you think that there is no way. There's always a way. I don't care what happened in the past. I need you to get it right now in the future for, the, for your future. You can go to um, get this book. This is one of my favorite ones that helped me the most, The Millionaire from Nazareth um, by Catherine Ponder. It helped me go into a huge forgiveness state, and it was able, I was able to free up my creativity, and no matter all of the hearts and and, and the, the things I've had around money, you know what I mean? Like, I began to understand and see how beautiful money was, how much greatness you could do with money, how many people you could help. Who does not want to help people? Well, then make sure your business helps people and be passionate about it. If you're passionate about it, you'll use it, whatever it is that you're offering. You'll be a product of it. It wouldn't be like, I'm just doing this like, I'm taking the bitter medicine so I can make money. That's where the blocks come in. I know you're saying, Nicola, is it that simple? Yes. The part that's not easy is you having a challenge believing it. You having a challenge acting on what you believe because that's all you're doing now. You're only moving as fast or as slow as you believe you can go. You're going only as hard as you believe you can. And I'm going to tell you something. When you now start getting passionate about helping people, then now your mind opens up when someone starts saying, okay, the way that you compound is you're looking at how quickly your money can double. And if you have even a little bit of a seed, where can it go to go as fastest, easiest, and safest? 
Why? Because you want to take care of money, don't you? But are you taking care of money now? You want money to take care of you? When are you going to start taking care of money? You start with that budget to identify where you are, and you look at what you have left over, and then now you would have no problem doing research to get the options. I can tell you right now, if you're only waiting for everyone to tell you exactly what to do, you'll never become the head. People who are ahead take initiative. And they start to ask, seek, and knock, and other opportunities open up as they go along. When I talk about the billionaire mentor, and I'm going to move into Clubhouse Fire Conversation, and I realized how he was telling us everything in a story, even telling us about how people ended up with the biggest Porsche dealership. He's the one who showed opportunities of how Icy Hot became like so big. Icy Hot started off as a company that was tanking, and they would find opportunities to buy businesses from like third generation wealth where the people had no clue about how the wealth was built. They had no attachments and they would find the treasure amongst people's trash, how to find opportunities to make money without having to be the owner of the business. And he shared all these lessons and distinctions. And I asked a question. I said, if you had 500,000 or a million dollars to invest right now, what would you invest it in? And he ultimately said, Look for opportunities where you can leverage pretty much other people's businesses' ideas. So if you're in network marketing, isn't that an opportunity for you to do that? If you can sell or affiliate marketing something that someone else created that you can sell and earn a commission and then you don't have to do the work, all you have to do is promote. If you are um, in even um, any sort of business that where you can even leverage someone else's expertise in your business, or if you have a business and you start adding products around your business where you know your client automatically would have or maybe create liaisons with people who people would go to see either before or after they come see you, it started clicking. And he said something. If people were to not only think about money and business linear one way, this way, and they start thinking about it subjectively, everything around it, anyone can bulletproof their brains and train it to be rich. We're going to finish this conversation in Clubhouse. Um, it's way more to come about this. Why? Because I asked God, show me, and I'm going to tell your people so they can have it too. Baby. You go ask God that, he will download all kinds of stuff on you. Woo! I love you. See you soon. All right, Clubhouse, let's have this chat. We got blog talk on for a minute here, and I'm going to tell you something as we go a little bit deeper. Brian, I'm glad you were able to hop in because you were able to be in the room with Abraham, with Jay Abraham on last night, and you hit me up. And we're going we're gonna to go counterclockwise since you're right there, Brian. Um, good morning to you. And we're going to go counterclockwise here this morning. We're going to do a little something different. And so we're talking about bulletproofing our brain. And it's all about the way we think. And we've been taught to think a certain way. Brian, are you able to unmic? Let me see. Perfect. And so I wanted you to tell me, right, off of what I just shared. Now, I have been in one-on-one -on -one coaching with this gentleman. I've been in one-on-one -on -one coaching with him for months. 
And the conversations is, I always deducted to how he thinks and even how he communicates. Did you notice that when we said bedtime story, how would you bet? That room wasn't even packed, was it? And this man is worth over 20-something billion dollars, and most people don't even know who he is, but a lot of the wealthy people do because he's their mentors and trainers. And he's even very good friends with my, um, one of my mentors, D.C. Cordova. They know each other from way in the beginning. The Money and You, all of them come from the same cloth. Tony Robbins, all of them come from the same cloth. So tell me when you heard him deduct all the ways on how things started horrible, when he talked about businesses that were going bankrupt or bad, how he was so comfortable like about it. And he's like, you know, almost like this is where you find the treasures at. This is where you find the money. Can you talk about that for a moment? Yeah, definitely. And so I, um, I think I missed most of it, mm-hmm. what he was talking about, but I caught the part where you asked your question. Okay. And, um, and that, that part was just, I think, what you just went over in terms of Salani um, yourself with the business. I just thought it was powerful. Um, and I, I get to go through the same, like, own nothing but control everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was very timely because there's a, a, a few different people that I've been talking about partnering with or they or people having me come into their business or maybe taking uh, equity or in certain cases, people being scared to give up equity because, you know, they see this as their baby, you know? So, um, for me, that actually gave me some ideas and confirmation as well, because basically what he was saying is you don't necessarily have to own the business in order to align yourself and position yourself to make money off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and not only make money with the current owner, but even after the company is sold. And so I, I thought that was key. So like for me, I, you know, for one of the, um, businesses, I was thinking, it was like, okay, that means I can think, like you said, Philly, where I can think about licensing deals, or things mm-hmm. are, um, will continue on beyond, like, that particular entrepreneur, that, or that current ownership, so, I mean, it, it was it was really impactful for me, um, and, and in fact, it, it was very timely, because there's another, another, um, his acting studio, actually, that was asking me to come on board and, and to um, be part of the ownership group too. And so it just gave me some ideas in terms of approaching that conversation. And um, yeah, it was, it was very powerful. And just that little moment, right? And what he did was called experiential learning. And this is how you can hack your brain and move things faster, like learn things faster. And the way we were taught in school to learn was not experiential learning. It was you had to literally rehearse it. So it was like forcing you into a part of your brain that you may or may not have been in, right? And so now it scrambles the information. But when you learn something through an experience where you can experience things through stories, it's a whole different ball game. Because you can learn. That's why they say that stories sell and facts just tell. Now, when you look at J. Paul Getty, he coined one of his most famous quotes is, I'd rather have... 1% of 100 people's efforts versus 100% of my own. And that was a quote that we used to always talk about in network marketing where people were starting to 
explore the idea of how to build wealth and explore the idea of experiencing compounding where in network marketing we train people, hey, you get five, get five, get five, but that's the same way that people are trained about how to grow and multiply their wealth. They're looking at the rule of 72. The rule of 72 simply says, you have some money and your thought is, how quickly is that money going to come back to you double? So the rule of 72 says this simply. You're looking at whatever interest rate that you divide that 72 by, and that's going to tell you how quickly your money is going to double. So if it's 72 and you're getting a 10% interest rate on the money, 7.2 years, your money is going to double. Now, if we were thinking like that and only put our money in places like that, or we only looked at how quickly can it double, we say, okay, if J. Paul Getty says, I need to be able to have more of my time. I'm not going to tie up all my time with labor, 100% of my labor. I would rather have 1% because it's still 100%. I'd rather have 1% of 100 people versus 100% of my own labor. But we have been trained to go to work and go do overtime. So we associate that job with how we build wealth even in our businesses, and then now we think it's just drudge work because we're looking for a direct trade of income for the labor. When every wealth principle requires an increment of time, and it says you want to buy time with other people's ideas, other people's labor, other people. And this is why when people be like, I don't want to do network. Well, you don't have to do network marketing, but what other business could you think about where you can do that? We just named some, Brian. Good morning, Donna. Listen, we're talking about bulletproofing our brain. Number one, bulletproofing your brain is got to protect your mind. And the way you protect it is by exercising it with the powerful and noble Things that will take you closer to where you want to be. And some people, I don't say the word right. I would say it's right if it's closer to where you want to be. So if you want to make more money, if you want to, uh, if you want to be happier, if you feel like you want to be healthier, whatever it is, you can apply this principle. And then now you literally keep putting in your mind what will take you closer to what you're trying to do. Most of us just simply don't do that. We have a lot of things that we allow in our mind that's not taking us anywhere. And I did say empty. So, Donna, good morning to you. Good morning. Are you there, my friend? Good morning, my sister. Ah, how are you? Isn't this good? This is so good. This is, this is good seed. I got to tell you, it's such good seed. And all I thought of today was gratitude. Ah. I have so much gratitude for you. Gratitude for this conversation all week long. You have been incredible. And it's just, you know, I, I, I don't even know if we... Here's what I know to be true. I'm human, and I don't know everything. Yes. And I often have found myself thinking that uh, I'm a student. I'm trying to learn the best I can about financial literacy, and I have faith, and I have hope, and all that. But boy, I'll tell you what. The bulletproofness of what you're talking about is so real that even at my uh, mature age of 52, I have found myself needing reminders, like that cancel, cancel, there's been times where fear has come in and shot bullets through my bulletproofness. Yep. And when fear comes in, I'm so I'm just grateful for those little tad bit, you know, those little conversations with you. 
uh, this is a true story. So this was what, just last year. I remember I was at the, I'm gonna tell a story. I'm gonna be honest to humble mm-hmm. right now. Walking through the airport, I was literally in a state of panic. I had a significant income stream go away very quickly, unexpected. I was on the phone with my sister, Nicola, and trying to hold it together. I'm in the airport in a public place, trying to hold it together. And meanwhile, I'm having conversations about a very lucrative business deal, not just, you know, tiny, I mean, $100 million business deal with her, getting some advice. But the fear of losing that main income stream overwhelmed me, tearing up. I was stressed. I know, I know I have faith, right? But that fear just came in and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I am so grateful for you because I think if you don't have a mentor on this call, let me tell you, you're never too old. You're never too smart. You're never too wise. Everyone needs some counsel and friends who keep it real. And that's why I'm so grateful for you because you snapped me out of it. You were like, all right, we're not having this. We're going to pray. Whatever you're doing right now in the middle of the airport, let's pray. It will be okay. What do you need? And let's manifest it. Let's talk about it. And this is what we're going to do. Let me tell you, within 24 hours, 24 hours, I had a new source of income that was (laughs) double what I had just lost. Double. And I'm telling you, you want a test of faith? I know that was a test. And I laugh now. I wasn't laughing in that airport. I was crying. Mm -hmm. And she knew it. And I'm just grateful to you. And I'm telling you, anyone who has any doubt, these words are not real. I encourage you, please, please, just go out on my face, borrow mine. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I love you. And this is the thing, and this is what we do. What did Donna say? We did a pattern interrupt, and we said, no, we're going to pray. We don't go to where we know know everything. And Donna was like, you know, at that time, it it brought her back to her love with God and say, you know, sometimes we can go through life. All of us have done it. All of us have done it. This morning, my husband went right before here and, you know, I'm getting ready and I'm looking for my phone or whatever. And then I heard he turned on the worship. It's like, he always knows what I need exactly when I need it. And and he turned on the worship and I was hearing it. It was just like, oh my. And it just like, consumed me and I was able to get my clear download because I am asking the Lord, I need, I might understand it, but I need you to show me how I can help your people understand it. And then I was like, Eureka, I got it. My husband and I had us a very special moment. Um, We're not going to go deeper than that, but just that loving. And I'm like, oh boy, we about to have a good rest of life. We about to have a good rest of life. So I'm going to hop in, babe. I'm going to hop to Bishop Rasby and Danique, and then we're going to come into you to have what we, well, we're going to close out. So Bishop Rasby, good morning to you. God bless you. How are you? I'm on a Hebrews 11 one day today. <laughs> you are excited. And certainly we give it back to you, and thank you for this opportunity and this platform. It's a great topic. Uh, again, just privileged and honored to share the platform with such uh, great people, and I'd be remiss if I didn't honor God for your team, uh, who is always blessing the prophet. But this topic, man, wow, 
it, it, it has really changed my life and um, changed my mindset, you know, this week. And every time I think I've gotten to a certain point uh, within my mindset and a certain perspective, uh, you always have a way to come back and, and challenge it all over again. And uh, you hear me refer to this all the time, but again, give me that 10x mentality. Yeah. Always dream and think bigger. Um, and when, when you think about bulletproof, and for me personally, that has always been my challenge. You know, um, even as Donald was just sharing uh, personal challenges that I've been exposed to, always uh, around the wrong people, listening to the wrong conversations, and allowing people to talk me out of what God was trying to walk me into. Mm. And that's why it's so very imperative that you watch who you, who's in your circle and be very selective, you know, about that. And, you know, you will never outgrow or overcome your circle until you place people in your circle who have outgrown and overcome what you're trying to overcome. And I had to learn that the hard way. And that's been one of the mind hacks for me that's been very, very successful. And changing my relationship with money, you know, mm-hmm. and looking at it as a tool that God wants me to have so I can be a blessing to other people. And, of course, you know, uh, being a believer and being uh, a pastor, uh, mainly, of course, we believe uh, strongly in giving, but I never looked at giving from a business perspective. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. You know, I, I share an inspirational message with my team every morning. Interestingly enough, today, um, the Lord had me share a topic with them, uh, which was simply entitled, Somebody Wants to Get in Your Business. And literally, we don't want people in our business. We want to be private. But the Lord wants to get in your business. And that's how he approached Peter at the point of desperation when he was giving up. He just wanted to get in his business. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we let everybody else in our business but God. Uh, we don't think about, even at the point of our lowest point in business, when we have reaped nothing but yet want to have everything, that's when God wants to get in your business. He wants to literally tell you what direction to go in. He told Peter, listen, you've been in the shallow long enough with shallow people. Go into the deep waters now. And I call the deep the point of no return. It's when you allow God to take you so far out there until when you turn around and look back, it's easier to stay there to sink or swim than to try to swim all the way back to where you came from. And that's what God's trying to take us in this particular season. Like you keep telling us, entrepreneurs are going to be the heroes yeah. of this new economy. And, and, and we're never going to get there in the shallow. So I, I say to everybody uh, who's dealing with these particular blockages, you know, uh, it may be because of perverted movements. That's a result of a poor mindset, which simply means we keep self-sabotaging ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because we've not given ourselves the permission to prosper, and we've not allowed God to come in intimately enough to tell us what to do so we can overcome those things. And then uh, I've also found, you know, for me, again, those partnerships that were maladaptive uh, because I didn't do that self-evaluation, first of all, and I didn't understand my self-worth, so I allowed people to associate themselves with me that ultimately did not benefit me and did not cause an appreciation mm-hmm. of my self-worth, but yet a depreciation, and then ultimately found myself going down a downward spiral, finding failure as opposed to mm. success when I was claiming success, because I wasn't being real with myself. And, and I believe at some point, you have to be real enough to tell yourself that just like you got to give yourself the permission to succeed, you got to give yourself the permission.
position to be real about why you're failing. Okay, you want the dream house? Let's be real. Why don't you have it? Is mm-hmm. it because credit? Is it because you're not budgeting? Is it because you're not in the right place? You want to start the business? But let's be real. Why haven't you started the business? So being honest and literally facing those blockages, talking about them, admitting them, getting around people who've overcome them to be the example to you so you can overcome them has been the greatest way for me to overcome these blockages. Thanks for allowing me. Wow, this is so powerful. You know, ah, this is so great because this week I was a little getting like cranky, like Lord, like, and I get like that. Everybody know I'm just so transparent. Like I'm like cranky, like Lord, what is it that you want me to be doing here? Like, it has to feel good. And when I said do things that for money that just like you in love with, that you love to do. And it won't even, you know, it won't even feel like all these tests that we have taken and we failed. What if you ask yourself this question? Because, you know, I tell you about, hey, one of the ways to hack your mind is to say, when you hear something that's even adverse or where you're trying to go ask yourself, is that true? Like when people say it's hard out here. You're like, is it, is that really true? Because it's not hard out here for everybody. So why is it hard out here for you, right? So if we were to say, um, rich people don't care about people, is that true? Like how many rich people do you really know to know how they really think? So is that really true? Um, or what if we were to ask ourselves a question? Because I was always taught, even in whatever you're doing in business, sales, whatever, to ask good questions. Many of us ask questions to other people, but if we were to ask ourselves the question of what if life was a test we couldn't fail? What if you couldn't fail? How would you act if you knew you couldn't fail? It's all in the belief system. Many of the people on this line have seen me with situations where they would be like, her back is against the wall. That's how they saw it. I never saw my back is against the wall. I always saw it as a door. I always saw it as an opportunity. When challenges show up to me, I'm looking for the opportunity. I train it. How to turn obstacles into opportunity. Every obstacle I've had was always an opportunity. It was not an obstacle. It was always an opportunity for either me to learn something or to level up. If you thought about that with every challenge that you had, like even I have a chat, if you have a challenge and you're looking in your brain and you say, OMG, I'm in the negative, that's the opportunity for you to go in the positive. But some people take it as an opportunity to go further in the negative. What if you believe God Almighty, who knows everything, created everything, and everything is his, if you truly believe you, he created you, would you think he would create you to fail? We're not talking about the weird scientists creating no robots. We're talking about God. And when I began to understand that with all the ugly things that I thought happened to me, I realized they were the most beautiful things. Many of the cities I drove my kids into those different prisons, I went into those same cities and helped people break free from entrepreneurship. Many of those places that I went, I was unafraid, inhibited to travel on how I went 30 hours across to Malaysia by myself to learn about business. It was opportunities all along, just like your challenges right now are opportunities, and they have been all along. Good morning to you, Demetria, and then we're going to go to Robert and close out. 
Ah, I'm excited today. I got it.
you know, everybody's going to say, woe, it's me. You ever have those campfires where everybody want to share all their war stories? And everybody's talking about what happened to them. And I'm listening or whatever, but by this time, I already knew that what happened to me was for me. We already got that. We heard that. And people say that, but most people don't believe. Because if they did, they will be, they will be charging every day to make it count. But I remember this one lesson that says, correction without invalidation. When you can quickly, this is one of the huge characteristics of the very wealthy, and you hear them talk about it all the time, but now you got to know what you're listening for when you're hearing interviews. And when they talk about the challenges, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it was very, you know, things were tanking and what have you, so we had to do something. What they do is they come out of their feelings real quick. That's what we call it. Get out your feelings. They come out of their feelings real quick and move into action for correction. Many of us would just stay in the feelings way too long. So, so what? You didn't use the budget, didn't just correct it, start doing it today. So what? You don't have any investments. Okay, get yourself organized to say, okay, I'm going to invest by this, and I'm going to put this $500, this $1,000, I'm going to put it here. So what? You might be 50 and don't have a home. Well, I'm going to get me a home. I'm going to all these other people, listen, this is, this is what I want to tell you, this right brain, left brain thing. People are looking for evidence, the left-brainers who's going to be overthinking this, complicating this. Let me simplify it for you. I'm pretty sure anything that you say you want to do, someone else has already done it. There's your proof you can do it. Good morning, babe. Mr. Jackson. Sir, can you hear us? <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. You know, I be hitting all these different buttons. I hit my face and everybody's Oh, Lord. Hit the button down in the right field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whole comedy show. I'm, I'm excited about this. Um, it's called this morning. I'm excited about the, the, the platform that we have had all week. Um, it's been a, a, a powerful session that we're just speaking to people about bulletproofing um, their brain. And I'm going to kind of ride off what Denise was talking about, about that bulletproof vest. And a lot of times when people are trying to get to that next level, I need somebody to put their phone on me. Um, Sometimes when um, people are really trying to get to that next level and they're saying, yes, you know, I understand I need, I need to bulletproof my life. I need to um, do some things that are going to make me more secure so I don't go back in the direction that, I, that, I, that I've been in. And a lot of times people don't understand that there's a difference in a, in, in a bulletproof vest and a shield. And a lot of people are trying to take our life to the next level, but we saying I want to bulletproof myself but I'm using a shield. You say, well, what is the difference in a shield and a vest, a bulletproof vest? One thing about a bulletproof vest is that it can't be penetrated. What it was designed to do, that's what it's going to do. A shield, even though you might have a hedge of protection with a shield, a shield can be penetrated. A shield can be Crack. A shield can be 
um, um, taking down a shield could be anything can happen to a shield that can cause you not to be protected. And a lot of us have been trying to go to the next level with a shield mentality by asking God to bulletproof my life. And I'm sharing with you guys on this morning that if you start filling yourself up with the, the right conversation, if you start filling your atmosphere with the bulletproof mentality that I'm not going to allow nothing that is not going in the direction that I want to go to penetrate my thought process, to penetrate my mind, to penetrate my household, penetrate my finances. And I'm telling you guys, you know, uh, I don't know what's all that noise in the background, but I'm going to keep going. Um, hey, that's you. That's you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and a lot of times people are saying to themselves, well, these people have been successful in the way they have done it. These people have been successful in, 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 in their path. And a lot of times, when we're trying to go to the next level, sometimes that ego does not allow us to look at the path that the people have taken. I was always taught that success leads clues, success leads path. And I just know with me and Nicola, when we start wanting to go to different levels, into different places, we had to start understanding that somebody has already made a path for us. And the thing about that path, even though their footprint is not the side of ours, if we just walk in the direction that they have been, something has to happen in our life. And that's the problem with most of us. We don't want to follow the path. We want to find like, let me find a quick way. I just remember a lot of people, when I was doing this network marketing thing, a lot of people said, well, no, put me in a position so I can be on there with you and Nicola. What? Is you crazy? I can't believe you asked that. It's, it's those types of conversations, just, just was, they were like an insult because people don't understand that they're on the outside looking in, not understanding that this is not a game what we're doing. So you got to understand that anything that you want, people, it's not going to be easy. But if you trust the process, it's going to be exactly what you're looking for. You know, God is looking for people that he can get some, some, some that he can take through a test. He's looking for some people that he can take through something because if us on this line, if we never go through nothing, if we never correct no testimony, how people going to know that this thing is real? Mm. So wherever you are in your life today, wherever you are in your life today, you have to understand that there's a testimony on the inside of you and God's trying to get it out, but you are in the way. You are in your own way. You're in the way of holding back your generation because I'm telling you guys, if we in this generation, we don't do something right now, we're hindering the generation that's coming behind us. We are the generation of change. We are the generation of risk-taking. We are the generation that is going to change the dynamics of America. You got to ask yourself, are you going to be a part of it? Mm-hmm. A 
or you just gotta keep being a spectator. See, a lot of y'all right now are gearing up so hard to try to figure out where you gonna watch the Super Bowl at. Where I'm gonna watch the Super Bowl at? Girl, where y'all are going? Homeboy, wait, wait, wait. You breaking that line? If you put that thing, if you put that thing effort and time into what you're gonna do about your life, create your own Super Bowl. When people be asking me, uh, who you got for the Super Bowl, I'm like, who even playing in the Super Bowl? I'm in my own game right now. Mm. I'm in my own locker room. I'm trying to hype myself up. I'm mm. trying to hype my family up. That's my game. That's the Super Bowl I'm trying to win. So I... It's breaking up, babe. I don't know who I, don't know who I have, because I only know who plays. And that's real talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about now? There you go. You're clear. We closing now. I mean, this is so powerful. We, yeah, we start talking about putting on that full armor and get in the game. Put on the full armor and get in the game, the full armor of God, and we're going to break that down next week. He just led us right to Ephesians 6, and we're going to break it down one of Dr. Monroe's favorite, favorite books in the Bible. He said that he would sit there and read it all night long. And so then I started reading this. I wonder why he loved this. Oh, baby. Some jewels in there. So thank you so much, babe. Abdul, we're going to close out at nine. What would you like to share this morning? We had Robert. We didn't see you in here. Baby, were you finished? I'm sorry. Were you finished? Did you need to close out? Did you need, were you still trying to close out? It was breaking up. Okay. You sure? Oh, 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 oh. Don't try iPhone like that. Now, see, you were doing so good, but were you excited about that big loving hug your wife gave you before you went out there to go, go get it for the family? Did, were you excited about that? That big hug and kiss? Was that so nice? That's what I'm talking about. That was nice. That was nice. That was nice. Early in the morning. All right. So, Abdul, good morning. How are you? Good. You got to let me know if you have a few moments right after we get off. We can hop on. But we're we're like, um, we'd love to hear from you. Bulletproof your brain. How you liking it? All right, thank you so much, Blog Talk. You are amazing. Hop in the Power Moves group. Let's talk. 